We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 301-230-0980. It's touchdown at 10 on a Monday morning. Touchdown at 10 on Mondays mean only one thing. And that, of course, our conversation breaking down the commander's Victory yesterday and the rest of the National Football League with our guy, Jay Gruden. So, Jay, good morning, sir. Is anybody going to pull him up? There we go. There we go. Sorry about that, Denton. Jay, are you with us? I am. All right, we got you. Yep, we got you. Thanks. Jay, Aaron Rodgers laying face down in the middle of FedEx Field, a place he's never won in the regular season. And who would have thought – his final pass of the game would be a cross-field pass that would skip through the legs of an offensive lineman sideways across the field. And uh, yet another team that's had a great brand over the last couple of years, Jay, struggling right now as Washington finds a way, 23-21. Thoughts on how Taylor Heineke got things right and got Washington a big victory? Yeah, he was a little scary at first. I think he might have had a little jitters, a little rust, but uh, once he got going and you know, he's a great competitor. That's what you love about Heineke, man. He'll compete. And uh, he faced adversity, overcame it, made some big plays, and got the victory. Jay, when you're on the sideline in that particular situation, right, if you could, you know, kind of re- remember times where your quarterback got off to a slow start, especially one somewhat unique where he hasn't played in a while, but yet you know what he can do when he gets the oil running through the engine. What do you tell your guy? Do you, is it just calm down, man, one step at a time? Or are do you ride him hard because you know he can do it? You leave him alone? How do you kind of deal with, uh, I guess, that from a coaching perspective? I think it's important for a guy who hadn't played a little bit, feeling a little heat, maybe a little pressure, uh, to make sure you keep his spirits up. You know what I mean? You don't want to berate him and uh, yell at him! Don't turn the ball over. You want to be, you want to be, you want to be positive. Right. Try to uplift them and get them going, and try to get them in a flow. Get them some easy completions, uh, which they did a good job of. I think Scott did a good job getting some easy completions, some crossing routes, uh, and then got them some rhythm and uh, was able to make some plays down the field and and uh, played very well after the first terrible start in the first quarter. But and and that all makes sense. But do you talk to him a lot, or is it almost like I'm going to leave him alone because I know what he is and I know he can get it going. I'm not going to ride his ass in the headsets or on the sidelines. Sometimes it's just a pat on the ass and just say, hey, man, just keep your head up and let's keep grinding. Gotcha. You know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. sometimes all you need. I don't, some guys don't want to hear a whole story about what you did wrong in your footwork and just keep talking and I can't you know what I mean just let's just be brief be positive and get ready to get out get to the next series I think previewing the next series getting his mind off the the previous couple bad plays and let's preview the next series and get him going and get in the positive mindset moving forward 
Jay, is that where you as a coach almost have to be a part-time psychologist and, and handle the different mentalities of 53 different dudes out there on a football field? Yeah, I, I kind of felt like a psychologist more than a coach there towards the end of the year, my end of my career there. I mean, there's a lot of personalities, not just players, but coaches and uh, front office and all that stuff that you're dealing with on a nonstop basis. And that's the grind of it. You know, coaching football is easy, to be honest with you. Drawing up plays and coming up with plays and, and the meetings and the practices, those are fun. It's the other stuff that uh, can grind on you a little bit. Uh, but it's necessary part of the job, and that's what kind of separates probably the great coaches from the average to the poor coaches, the guys that can handle all that. Um, so after the pick six yesterday, which came on a third down, which was 0 of 4 on third down, combined with the 3 of 22 the previous two weeks, so you're 3 of 26, you've got zero confidence, and now it's cost you officially points, right? I, I, the, the next drive they come out, Jay, and they get a couple of third and ones, and obviously, as you know, every play caller would rather have third and one, third and eight, uh, than third and eight, third and nine, but third and one, third and one, they convert both of them. I think one was a pass, one was a run uh, to Brian Robinson, and then the touchdown was another third down, and this one was like third and eight. How important do you think it was to getting off that third down schneid to get the third and ones, and obviously the conversions to kind of get the ball rolling in the right way after such a disastrous last couple of weeks yeah to me that's a difference in the game third down conversion rate you can look at that turnovers obviously is the most important but third down conversions and red zone conversion rate those are the stats and those are the situations you have to be very good at in order to win these close games i mentioned it before there's a lot of parity in nfl right now and you can separate yourself and rise above it if you are good on third down keep your team on the field keep drives going keep your defense fresh and washington finally started to do that uh, with three or four in a row right there Jay, what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay's offense? Is it simply personnel right now? Uh, I think there's a lot of things. I don't think they have a lot of faith in their down-the-field attack. You know, I don't think they have enough speed to really push the ball down the field, so they're re- relying on a lot of quick quick passing games, quick screens, uh, trying to get the running game going. And then even when they do have third and eight, they don't have a lot of faith. They're still throwing the ball quick to get the ball out of his hands. Uh, they got to get some speed out there. They need somebody that can get some separation and right now. You know, Randall Cobb, Dobbs, Lazard, uh, Tunyon, these guys aren't guys that are going to get a lot of separation. So uh, they got to figure something out because, uh, you know, last three or four weeks it hadn't been pretty. When you're uh, all right, so if you were Matt LaFleur uh, and in this particular spot, knowing how prickly, let's just say, Aaron Rodgers is, and knowing that, you know, again, yeah, you weren't going to be able to keep Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and Devontae seemed like he wanted to go, you know, and play with Derek Carr and all, all that stuff. So, like, how do you coach up Aaron Rodgers? Or, again, do you leave that guy alone uh, when he's, you know, when he's basically looking at you on the sidelines saying, like, what are we doing here? Like, how do you approach that? And knowing, oh, my gosh, you got to go at Buffalo on Sunday night football here. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because they're running a similar type plays they had with Devontae. It's just they're not getting any separation. Mm-hmm. I think the first third down, they ran the, the quick seam to, to Lazard, and he dropped it. Yeah. Uh, you know, he yeah. had a little bit of separation, and, you know, they've thrown these other plays that there's nobody open. So he's trying to buy time and trying to keep plays alive as long as he can, and their offensive line isn't good enough to hold up that long, and he's not quite as nimble as he has been in the past. But uh, you can just clearly see, at least I can, uh, that there aren't many guys open. And when they are, you know, the guys are misjudging it or they're dropping the ball or, or what have you. But they have to they have to start to get better at wide receiver. They're, they're going to struggle the rest of the year. Jay, with the weapons being a little bit deeper this time around for Taylor Heineke, is there is there a reason to believe they can 
continue this little bit of a run they've got going. They've won two games in a row now and certainly showed a little bit more fire uh, on offense. Maybe they get Dotson back from the hamstring sooner rather than later. I mean, is it possible that, that Taylor is able to flourish a little bit more with better weaponry around him and deeper weaponry now uh, this season? Yeah, I don't think there's any reason not to believe that. You know, if you look around the league, and with the exception of Buffalo and, uh, you know, Kansas City, there's not a lot of dominant football being played right now. You know, it's a struggle for a lot of teams. So these games are going to be close. And if you can maintain, convert some third downs, and your defense can continue to get better and better, then, you know, you get Chase Young back possibly pretty soon. Yes, there's – don't turn the ball over, convert some third downs. You're going to be in a lot of games because there's no real dominant team other than Buffalo and Kansas City right now, in my opinion. Well, I mean, Giants yeah. are playing well. Obviously, right. the Eagles are playing well. It's too bad the NFC East is the best probably division of football right now. But still, when you're competing for the wild card spot, you know, you're looking at the NFC West who's struggling a little bit. Right. You know, the NFC South, they really don't have anybody. NFC North, you know, really Green Bay struggling. Minnesota's, you know, got the, you know, clear pass of the playoffs. Other than that, you know, there's it's wide open in my opinion. Yeah, they're right there. Uh, we, you know, we opened up the show talking about that. Uh, the Rams, who you're a consultant for, and Sean McVay, are, are three and three. Played one less game than Washington. Uh, Washington is three and four now. Have head to head over Green Bay and three and four with a bunch of other teams, including San Francisco and uh, Atlanta and so on and so forth. So they're right in the thick of things, right on the outside looking in, if you will, of the expanded playoff field. I mean, plenty of time uh, to sort that out. Um, wanted to ask you about Terry. You know, we've talked obviously about uh, target share and all that stuff, and right away uh, yesterday they got they were at least targeting him, which was a good sign. Then they throw uh, the touch. But, Jay, the the two catches and the two plays he had on the final drive, one on second down, one on third down, which gets them first downs and kills the Green Bay timeouts. You know, Pete and I were talking about this earlier. One, he stays inbounds, which forces them to use Green Bay's first timeout uh, after getting the first down. And then the other one, Pete pointed this out, he came back, drove, and came back for his quarterback and helped his quarterback out. As a coach, how big – obviously, they're significant plays, but when you see that, those little things, what does that mean to you? Well, he better uh, come back to the ball because that's what receivers have to do. You can't wait for the ball to get to you. and the ball's in the air, you better come back and use your strong hands again. That was the best throw Heineke had all day, in my opinion. I mean, that was incredible. He got somebody right in his face. He threw it with anticipation to only a place where Terry could get it, and Terry did a great job of sticking his foot down and coming back to the ball and snatching it with his hands. And uh, That ball could only have been thrown in one location uh, at one time of that route. I mean, a split second later, he was going to be sacked or the ball would have been tipped. Uh, earlier, uh, Terry would have never got to it. So a uh, heck of a play by Taylor there and uh, Tyler and a uh, great play by McLaurin. Jay, for the fans that don't necessarily know, uh, you know, what is the life of a backup quarterback during the course of the week in preparation? Because, you know, I mean, look, you can get stale uh, as a backup quarterback. There just isn't a whole lot going on for you uh, during the course of the week, uh, you know, in the season. What's the key to that backup quarterback staying ready, not just mentally knowing the game plan, but physically, as you said, throwing with anticipation, throwing balls on time to the right spot uh, where your elite playmakers can go make elite plays for you like McLaurin did yesterday. Yeah, you're right. It takes a lot of character, and uh, they better be prepared because when their number's called, you better be able to call the same plays you called with the starter, and they better be mentally prepared. And then physically, they just have to take the reps and get the reps when they can. 
Uh, maybe stay after with some of the young practice squad guys, get some extra throws in that regard. But typically, they're going to still get all the scout team reps, which is still good work for them. A lot of similar concepts run around the NFL, so you'll get some uh, decent work. And then individually, you get some decent work. But, yeah, that's, that's tough for a quarterback because you want as many reps as you can. And when you don't get many reps with your first team offense and all of a sudden, okay, get in there. Uh, it, it's tough for a lot of guys. But the pros, they can handle it, and uh, they'll be ready. Jay Gruden with us, as he is each and every Monday for Touchdown at 10. All right, I wanted to ask you something from early in the game yesterday. I think it was Washington's first possession, right? They're hemmed in all the way inside their five-yard line. They complete, like, a, a harmless, like, three-yard catch to the left flat, and Matt LaFleur challenges it. Uh, and it's upheld as a catch, so he loses the challenge. and um, Or, I'm sorry, he won the challenge. I, I, I'm sorry, he won the challenge. Would you, <laughs> on a three-yard play, because of where the field position was, would you challenge something like that and risk it and, and, and have it blow up on you and lose a timeout and all that stuff? Or is that just a thing like, hey, man, they're, you know, they're a struggling offense, and I've got them hemmed in all the way near my goal line. Uh, three yards is important in that spot. That's a tough call. I personally would have saved my challenges because you just never know with the referees nowadays. You know, there's a lot of big right. plays to be had right. throughout the course of the game. However, that part of the field is very unique, and once you back somebody up, you want to keep them hemmed up as much as you can, make them punt, make Tressway stand with his heels barely outside the end line like he did, and he got it out of there. But uh, that's that. I think I think Matt would really would rather have that one back and not challenge that one and save him. Jay, I know the competition last year on the schedule was uh, a smidge more elite than it is this year overall, but how does the defense go from giving up 48% on third down to virtually nothing on third down right now? It's really been an amazing 180 uh, for this Washington defense, and also in the fact that, Jay, they didn't stand pat. When you have players that aren't playing well, you go find somebody else. And, and they, they made that bold move uh, as well. And it seems to be paying dividends for a defense that was woeful the first couple of weeks, but really seems to be coming into its own right now. Yeah, sometimes you got to get the right personnel in there that match and play well together. And it also helps you play Chicago, whose offense is horrific, and, and Green Bay, who struggled mightily the last four or five weeks. But uh, they're going to have to you know rise to the challenge. They're going to play better and better offenses as the season goes on. But to get this confidence and see what they are capable of doing and actually doing it on a Sunday against the Aaron Rodgers is very good for the confidence and, and the morale for this football team. So moving forward, the standards are set higher and higher and higher and they better uh, keep playing like it because they're going to have to because they're going to play some better offenses with some more uh, bona fide weapons. Jay Gruden with us. Spin around the NFL here. Carolina, Jay, beats uh, Tampa 21-3. Go figure after they trade Christian McCaffrey, fire Matt Rule, um, you know, all that. Uh, here's my question to you. I mean, obviously Brady and the Bucks offense struggling terribly. We all know that. Mike Evans drops a wide open touchdown early in that game, deep over the middle of the field. Can a play like that, when you lose seven points like that, and you should have had those seven points, can that affect you the re psychologically and mentally the rest and emotionally the rest of the game? Or is that something coaches and players can just wipe out and just uh, move on to the next play? Well, I think it can affect some younger type players. It should affect a guy like Mike Evans or Tom Brady, guys with their experience. They understand their the football game is going to ebb and flow. You're going to have your ups and downs, and you got to just continue to grind, and uh, you got to play. To just score three points against Carolina – uh, with the weapons that they have, is, is unheard of. I mean, you Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and you, know, you got to score a point. you got to score a touchdown, for God's sake. 
Um, so, yeah, I think uh, they got to take a long, hard look at themselves in the mirror. Coach uh, Leftwich better get something uh, going for these guys to succeed. I mean, they're right in the thick of things as well. They still right in there for the NFC South. But uh, it's just I just can't figure it out what's going on with Tampa Bay. That's the weirdest deal I've seen. Uh, maybe the one, the complete opposite of that is what's happening in Seattle with Pete Carroll and company criticized so much uh, for moving on from Russell Wilson. And not, not many expectations there, and I know it's only seven weeks in, but the journeyman Geno Smith, and now it looks like the addition of Kenneth Walker III taking over for the injured Rashard Penny. All of a sudden, Jay, Seattle's sitting there at 4-3 and three atop the, uh, which is supposed to be a really good NFC West. Yeah, I think other than Brian Dayball, I think Pete Carroll's done the best job so far. And and obviously Bill Belichick, what he's done with the quarterback situation there. Uh, those three coaches have to be really, con- I mean, I mean, unbelievable start so far with uh, nobody really giving them a chance. Um, but they're running the ball well, and they have legitimate weapons on the outside too. They have a guy that can throw it with DK Metcalf and lock it. Uh, they can wing it down the field and opens up the running game. And the young offensive line that they have are obviously playing at a very high level. Jay, Jay real quick, let me follow up on that. How the hell is Bill Belichick doing this? Because he's teaching Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as offensive coaches and coordinators along the way here. I mean, Matt, for a long time, was Bill's defensive disciple over there. How on earth are they doing that right now in New England? And only they know, I mean, look, we all saw, those of us who watch college football saw Zappi as a college player. We know he can throw it around there. But how on earth is that group doing that right now? Certainly short-term, I know. Not a lot of sample size. Defenses will catch up. But how on earth are they doing that there? Physical. They play a physical brand of football on both sides of the ball. Uh, Stevenson runs the ball hard between the tackles. they got another back that runs the ball hard, uh, opens up the play-action pass. They play within themselves. They don't turn the ball over, and they let their defense do their thing and create some turnovers of their own. Um, they play great complementary football, always have, always well when Belichick's coached them. Um, so you know, when you play a physical brand of football, you don't turn the ball over, and you have a good, solid defense that does create turnovers, it's a recipe for success. And uh, they've been doing it, and they're going to continue to do it because you know Matt Jones isn't the guy that's going to turn it over. Zappi hasn't turned the ball over very often, and, and their defense plays hard, physical football. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't know if you got to see much of this game. I didn't get to see any of it because I was at the stadium yesterday, but, you know, Indianapolis is their next opponent. Tennessee beats them 19-10. Yeah, kind of a typical Tennessee indie game. With Matt Ryan, here's my question. Uh, last week he was great against Jacksonville. I think he threw for almost 400 or over 400 yards. And then yesterday throws 44 times, Jay. Uh, you know, but the number's much more pedestrian, and they got Jonathan Taylor back. Is that – um? Is that is what you've seen out of Matt Ryan so far concerning, or is that understandable considering they've had some offensive line issues? Again, Taylor missed some time, and he's a new quarterback again in a new system. Well, I think it's concerning. Matt Matt can handle the offense mentally. That's not the issue. I think uh, physically right now with his inability to move, uh, he's a sitting duck back there, and the offensive line struggling just enough where he's getting hit and uncomfortable. He threw a couple horrific picks yesterday. Um, that you know, the pick six could have been picked by one of two different guys. He, he was you can't make those throws as a veteran quarterback like that. And the second pick, he threw it right to David Long, uh, right in his chest. Um, these are things that you can't have happen. We just talked about Belichick, and they don't turn the ball over. They play physical. They punt when they have to punt, and their defense creates turnovers. Right now. 
uh, Indianapolis turn the ball over, and their defense isn't doing much to get off the field as well. So they're struggling. Uh, Matt's struggling. The offensive line's struggling. But getting Jonathan Taylor back and trying to get back to that physical brand of football, of running a football and getting your play action going, will help Indianapolis. Jay, I'll let you out on this. I know that what's going on in Buffalo with Allen and Diggs is pretty special, but is there anybody better than Burrow? And Chase right now as a quarterback-wide receiver combo in the National Football League? Yeah, if, if, if the offensive line protects Burrow, that, that's that's scary. Uh, Boyd's not bad either, and Higgins isn't bad either. I mean, they have legitimate weapons. And Joe Mixon out of the backfield is one of the best in the business. So their offensive weapons are second to none. Uh, and if you give him time, it's going to be a nightmare. They're going to score points after points after points. The way to get to them is – hitting him and hitting him hard like teams did when they knocked him out of the playoffs uh, or, you know, what the Rams did to him at the end of the year. Uh, Baltimore tried to do it in the playoffs, but they, the, the Bengals ended up winning. But um, that's a dangerous football team and, and fun to watch. IJ, I, I, I can't let you out of here by asking this. Uh, who do you have in hell in a cell this Sunday in Indianapolis, Dan Snyder or Jim Irsay? <laughs> I'm gonna shake hands before the game. That's what I want to know. I don't know. I don't know. I, Can we as, get, hey, we as Pete calls it, I don't know if they're gonna be taking yeah. that family photo that right. Dan and Dan and Jerry were taking a couple of weeks ago. You know? Yeah, that'll be a fun one. <laughs> Jay, appreciate you, pal. Thank we'll you, talk Jay. to you next Monday. All right, guys. Thank you, guys. Jay Gruden yeah. joining us here. And to his point, by the way, people, I, t- I, I tell you this all the time when I talk about Cincinnati. Tyler Boyd is good enough to be a one on some teams. Yeah. He's three in Cincinnati. Okay, he's wide receiver three. He had eight for one fifty-five in a school yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just telling you that that group is starting to get it back together. And clearly, when you look at that division, I mean that division's wide open. Uh, you know, Pickett with two chances to get the Steelers a go-ahead touchdown can't convert. The Browns are struggling. Uh, right now, Baltimore refuses to uh, get separation in the division while the Bengals were struggling, and they've allowed Cincinnati to stick around. And now the Bengals closing back in there uh, in that uh, AFC North. It's going to be a heck of a second half of the season uh, between uh, the Bengals and Baltimore because I, I think the Steelers and Cleveland are playing their way out of this thing right now. 301-230-0980. You heard what Jay had to say. Let's react to that and more talking football. We'll talk about the ancillary stuff tomorrow and Wednesday and stuff like that, but we're talking football. Washington's won two in a row. They've done it in two completely different ways, and yesterday they beat one of the league's best ever, 23-21. 301-230-0980. That's how you get to us here till noon right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.